Hey, everybody. Welcome to UGA Sports Live Podcast. My name is Roddy Nabulsi. I'm joined by Dane Young, our technical wizard, the guy that uh, we bring, basically bring on, not for his football acumen, but basically because he knows all the butts to push. I tease him that Dave, Dane actually knows his stuff. But uh, No, Coach told you I'm a general manager for the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I'm set yeah. for the draft. So he's the GM here, making sure everything works. But the main, the star of the show and the person everyone's tuned in to see is Coach Jim Donnan, former uh, University of Georgia head football coach, college football Hall of Famer, uh, hell of a tennis player and hell of a punter. We, we don't talk about that enough, but we'll give him credit for those as well. And uh, apparently won't kill plants. He's actually had some plants around his house uh, survive. So um, I'm not sure how much credit I'll give him versus his neighbors, but some of his plants are still alive. So we'll we'll give Coach credit for having a green thumb too. Hey, guys, it's uh, we, this is G-Day week. This Saturday, the Georgia Bulldogs will uh, have an inter intra they're going to have a practice against each other inside Sanford Stadium. Tickets are five bucks. Be sure to come out and see your national championship Georgia Bulldogs when you get the chance. Uh, come out to Sanford Stadium. It's going to be a blast. Uh, I think the weather's supposed to be pretty good. I think there's only like a, a small chance of rain. But whatever it is, come out, rain or shine, come see the Georgia Bulldogs play and get a, a, an idea of what this uh, 2022 Bulldog class is going to look like. You know, what's, what's this team going to be like? And to that end, I know we have a ton of questions. If you have questions, please be sure to put them in the comments section and we will try to get to them as fast as possible. Of course, we we're going to answer questions that came from the dog event first. Uh, if you're wondering where I am right now, this is Classic City Eats. Normally you see me inside, but this is their outdoor patio I've been uh, teasing for the past few weeks. It's a fantastic uh, place to come be outside, enjoy the great weather, uh, play your cornhole, try their new hot sauces that just came in yesterday. Hey, Coach, I got some uh, two new rubs for you. Some hot sauce and uh, all kinds of fun stuff out here at Classic City. A bunch of new stuff that you need to come out to Classic City Eats and try out when you get a chance, including the sandwich that uh, they're going to bring me here in just a second. But, Coach, I want to get your overall thoughts going into uh, G-Day. I know the news that everybody wants to talk about, of course, is Marius Mims transferring, but we can leave that, leave that for later in the show. But what is Georgia doing with this final week heading into G-Day? What are you trying to get out of your team at this point? You know, at this point, uh, you got a pretty good idea of how these guys have been able to function after two scrimmages. And uh, I would think mostly this week is just uh, kind of refine, you know, what they're going to try to use in the game as far as offense and defense. Probably not show too much, but, you know, when you're playing a team where the opposing coach was just here, it, it really doesn't matter that much about keeping stuff back. But uh, I think the, the other thing is, just try to work hard on your special teams this week uh, when you got these extra practices because we do have some question marks with a new punter and a new kickoff guy. Uh, so we're going to have to get that straight. But I think um, overall, when you look at the spring, except for the injuries that happened prior to spring, it's been pretty good, uh, you know, obviously losing uh, you know, Washington, uh, Hurt, and, and also Erickson. Um, has missed the last few days, and uh, he, he lost the kid from uh, Washington, the linebacker. So uh, I think overall, though, it's been a pretty good spring as far as keeping guys healthy. Uh, the other thing that uh, I think they're, they're going to do probably more this week than any time probably is try to settle on which one of these quarterbacks can be the backup, although they'll do that again in the fall. But Right. Uh, give a lot of reps to uh, Beck and uh, Vandergrift and see how they handle it. And uh, put the team in some situational stuff that they might not see Saturday. Maybe uh, Thursday have just almost like a, a 
you know, a scrimmage, but thud where they work on situations. But I've been pleased with uh, everything that I've heard and, uh, and I've seen about the uh, complacency factor. Everybody talks about that, but uh, I really feel like this team's hungry. They want to set their own mark. Got some really outstanding young players that, that uh, aren't the experienced guys that we had, but really are talented. So, um, then we'll have to see what happens here between now and May 1st on the transfer portal from our standpoint and from other schools, and uh, we'll see how we go. Dane, what are you thinking? You know, I look at it and I just think of, of there is an opportunity for blockers on this team to show that they are hungry at G-Day. And I say that because you look at tight end, you've got three guys that are missing the spring game and Bowers and Washington and Goaty. So there's opportunity there uh, for guys like Brett Seether to, to try to show that he's worthy of some playing time. But now, I mean, we, we teased ahead to Amarius Mims, but you start looking at depth at tackle, and after you get past the starters, there's just not a lot of experience at tackle. And so Ernest Green is a guy that you hear a lot about. Uh, I think Austin Blasky has been over there a little bit. Uh, and so I, I start wondering who's going to be the backup tackles, and I think that – Georgia needs to figure that out here um, spring and really heading into summer. And, and I'm not so sure. I mean, I feel good about where Georgia is with depth on the inside, but when you start looking for experience depth to tackle, perhaps that's a spot that Georgia even maybe dips into the transfer portal. I have no idea. Maybe not. Coach would know better than me just in terms of, you know, needs of guys that can be versatile on that offensive line. I just see experience at tackle beyond the starters to be something that not necessarily to be worried about, but something that probably needs to be addressed. Well, one thing you can remember is uh, Xavier Trust started in the bowl game as a true freshman against Cincinnati and has the ability to play tackle, kind of like what Salyer did moving from guard to tackle. So he'll be a guy that they can use. They've been really happy with Ernest Green. Uh, the new freshman has come in and, and really gotten a lot of reps. And you mentioned Cedar, and I, I just want to say this. The guy probably set the Guinness Book of Records for most reps by a tight end this spring <laughs> because – when you look at all those guys being out, so you, you know he's working with the first team uh, as uh, Gilbert continues to progress. But then all of a sudden, when the first team has two tight ends, he's one of them, and Gilbert's one. When the second team has two tight ends, they're both in there again. And so uh, he's gotten an inordinate amount of reps and really has developed. He's not quite big enough to be a powerful blocker, but he's really a more than adequate receiver and should help us on the special teams. He's got to be encouraged, but at the same time, as soon as fall camp starts, then you've got uh, Brock Bowers coming back in, Washington coming in. And another guy that's really benefited from the spring situation is Oscar Delp coming in here as a true freshman. I've been really impressed with the way he just gets in there and takes his time uh, figuring out what to do uh, early on, but now he seems very confident the times I've watched him and uh, has good body lean, has good ability to uh, position himself catching the ball and has a bright future for us. But I, I would say this, that uh, people continue to uh, that ask me questions and, and Roddy and Dane send them to me and ask me because they converse with the Vin a lot more than me. But, you know, the, my concern at wide receiver is not nearly what a lot of people seem to be because – one of the real bright spots of spring for me as an old coach is just having guys that have worked and have, have, have refined their craft and been injured and all of a sudden have that last shot. You see so many guys come back. Devon 
about last year, the way he played. Now he's going to be a first-round draft choice. I don't say that Blaylock and Jackson are going to be first-round draft choices. That not that <laughs> they're going to be very complimentary to Coach Munkin's attack. They know what to do. They're aggressive. They got leadership, and they're money when you throw the ball to them. They catch the ball in a crowd. That's why they're punt returners, and that's why they'll help us. Also, we've got uh, Rosemi coming back. I like him. Uh, he he's solid too. So. You add that to A.D. Mitchell, who I think is a rising star, a guy that can make plays. He's done it when the bright lights are on. And, uh, you know, the, the addition of, uh, of Morissette and Smith, two guys that are young freshmen, and Arian Smith, who uh, they've held back a little bit because of injury this, this spring, but a really good speed. And, and we've got Meeks out there, too. And uh, not to mention uh, McConkey, who I think, without without reservation uh, should be the starter he deserves it he he's had a good spring and he'll be a guy i was just mentioning the the fact i didn't want to leave him out first of all but i was bringing it back that we got those two guys that we weren't expected to be what they are now so and then you add the the depth at running back all three of those guys can play and play big for you edwards has had a good has done a really nice job but I would say this about the offensive line. Uh, I like what Willett's done. He's probably can't play tackle. Trust can play tackle and guard. Erickson can play guard and center. Van Pran, you know what he can do. So, uh, And you add Ratlitch coming back. It's going to be huge. Oh, yeah. He's going to be huge having that, that situation. Some guys on defense, and, and I want to make sure I don't forget this on the on the get-go because I did a lot of preparation for this show. I spent at least 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes more than I did. <laughs> I wanted to say that Zion Logue, Stackhouse, uh, and they're uh, replacing Wyatt are going to be good. We've got Carter. We've got Ingram Dawkins behind him. And then at defense to the other end situation, we've got Princeton and um, Williams, the freshman. So very good athletic-looking uh, group right there. Then that uh, linebacker, I think Pops has really uh, done a really good job. Doing Pops, the who's Pops? That linebacker. Then you got Sori and uh, coming al- along London. And we've talked about Jalen Walker. Uh, and then as far as the, the corners, William Poole has had to play some corner because uh, Laster was a little dinged up. But we got – Lester over there at one corner, probably uh, uh, away from Ringo. And then you've got uh, Poole buying at star with Bullard. And then you got Smith and uh, Jackson back there at safety with some, some good young freshmen coming along too. So uh, this is a good-looking football team. Uh, you got to get this Australian guy punting Thorson like we need to. Uh, I don't know who the kickoff guy's going to be. Might be Podleski. Now I don't know. He, he looks good. Podleski looks pretty good kicking off. And I think we're going to be kicking off a lot because this team's going to be explosive. <laughs> going to have a lot of good things going for it. So uh, I think I told you about everybody, but their underwear right there. <laughs> no, you, you absolutely did. That's and again, you, it, what you can spew out in ten minutes of prep is better than I can do uh, hemming and hog for an hour. We appreciate that. Uh, I think uh, Dane, or excuse me, Coach, when you mentioned, you know, that wide receiver room being so loaded and getting back, you know, two absolute known talents in Dom Blaylock and Kier Jackson, it makes me think about what uh, Dane just said a few minutes ago. Hey, look, 
you're getting some great blockers back and in, in a crowded wide receiver room where you have are you gonna throw it to AD Mitchell? You're gonna throw it to Arian Smith, you're gonna throw it to Jackson Meeks, you're gonna throw it to Dom, you're gonna throw it to whoever. Again, a guy who can block is going to be big. And as you saw in that uh, national championship game, those running backs who can block. I, I think Dane hit the nail on the head when he talked about, hey, sometimes one thing you can do to move up with these coaches during those weeks is show that you're willing to throw your body on the line like James Cook did at the national championship game. So uh, big time getting the – I'm just thinking about the Herculean effort that Brett Seether has to do to make all those reps. I had thought about that, Coach, until you mentioned how, how many he's going to have to do. And I will say that Oscar Delp, we had him in a camp when we were thin on um, uh, tight ends. And that guy ran so many reps on an ankle that he turned. He actually turned, stepped sideways on that ankle. And he just kept out there. I mean, he just kind of uh, rubbed some dirt on it and went out there. It's just a, so very talented team. But from what we've seen, this is a pretty tough team. And there are have been a lot of injuries. And that brings up a question from uh, one of our readers that you kind of touched on coach about the offensive lineman moving back around. And uh, it's our buddy dog in France again. And he says, uh, what's, what's his latest on Chad Lindbergh and can all tackles play guard, but not all guards play tackle. And you were kind of alluding to Xavier trust, being able to go back and forth, you know, Tate Ratledge, I think came in as a tackle. We uh, saw him line up in the uh, Clemson game at guard. So what is kind of explain to us overall the, guard versus tackle, tackle versus guard, because we see guys moving back and forth, and then some guys don't. So, what, Most what, guards uh, aren't quite as good to move out to tackle and show the quickness that you have to do to, to block somebody on air. By that, I mean if, if the formation's to your left and you're the right tackle, then more than likely the tight end's on the left-hand side. So you're, you're – you're on. Uh, you're blocking a guy on the edge, just coming off the edge without somebody in front of him. So you got to be able to kick back and do that. Right. Uh, that kick back and 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 protect. So I think Trust has shown the ability to play tackle. Uh, he had some problems there against Cincinnati, but he did some good things too. But but I think more than anything, it's not something. Hey, let's just take this guy and put him at guard. Because guard's different, too, because you usually have guys on your head now with a lot of 4-3 defenses. By that, I mean, if you just listen, look at my hands, you got a one technique, which is inside, a two, which is head up, and a three, which is outside. So you got to be able to block all those guys, you know, from the standpoint of a guy to your inside. Is he shooting between a guard and center? So you got to step with your inside foot and make sure you protect the inside. Head up, if you got the power to drive him off, outside level leverage can you step and reach a guy and snatch him and and make sure that he doesn't penetrate the outside so, like there was that a car driving up on their body out there to the outside coming off hard off the edge there to hear that so but anyhow uh i think guard to tackle not many guards can play tackle because they're just used to you know mass coming off the ball but they're not as quick so uh it's not, not one of those things where a tackle can just all of a sudden move inside either because some, some of them are so big that they don't have, uh, uh, you know, the, the footwork to, to come off uh, and play guard. Uh, although you got to have footwork to play tackle too to kick out and cover those guys. So I'm really not making a lot of sense there except to tell you that uh, God created tackles and God created guards. And <laughs> there's usually – guy's a tackle or he's a guard and uh 
you, you know, once in a while you get a guy like Jamari that can do all of it. And uh, Cade Mays was pretty good at doing that. I think Ratledge could probably play tackle if we needed him to. But uh, with our situation at tackle last year, he just jumped in there and played good. And I think one of the most unsung players on our team is McClendon. I mean, the guy every day brings his lunch pail. He makes plays. He, he's very steady. doesn't make any mental errors. And uh, he, he's a very hard uh, worker in practice. He's got to block Jalen Carter probably 60% of the time he's out there. And just from that standpoint, it's a survival thing. I mean, <laughs> this guy doesn't take any plays off. I'm talking about Carter. So I'm high on, on McClendon. And, and certainly Broderick Jones has come on strong, too. I think we'll be good at tackle. Maybe not have the depth that Dane was referring to. We might be lacking a little bit, particularly with Mims leaving. I think case of Mims just answering it, uh, you know, he, he came in this spring with a new coach, new lease on life, and then the first couple of days he gets a uh, concussion and he can't do anything for four or five days. And, you know, all, everything starting out, they were looking at uh, McClendon trying to see if he could play center, looking at all those things for Stacy Searles. And then, you know, all of a sudden it, it's just hard to beat out a guy that's been playing for two years and uh, – and particularly when you miss six or seven practices. So uh, I don't know if he thought the handwriting was on the wall as far as his chance of starting, knowing that Ratledge was coming back too as inside. So McClendon probably wasn't going to move inside. So I don't know why he left. But And then Clay Webb has not played much here since he's been here. Uh, good, solid scout team guy. He's done everything he could, but probably – was as good coming out of high school as he is right now. You know, he just hasn't progressed that much. So uh, I wish them both well, but I'm not going to wring my hands and, and go into the fetal position over. There's nothing you can do about a transfer. And we're going to have some more here uh, after this spring. That's just the way it is. When you got good players and the way the transfer thing is now, kids are looking to see where they can play. And I can't blame them for that. Yeah, One thing um, with offensive line, too, is if you look at how Georgia's handled injuries there over the years, it's been the it's a cohesive unit, right? So it's not necessarily next man up at that particular position. It's how can we get the best five players in the field? Right. So last season when Tate Ratlitch gets hurt, it's not that you just move in the next guard which, I mean, I guess technically Erickson could have been that as well. It's that Van Pran goes in at center, Erickson shifts over to guard, and some of that's, you know, as a center now, Van Pran has experience. He can help the guards around him. So how do you get the best five out there? That's what Georgia has to decide. And so some of that comes with cross-training. Some of it just comes with, you know, the luck of the draw with injury. And another thing that helped our team last year as far as the evolution of that line was Erickson hurt his hand in, in the fall camp, and because of that, he couldn't snap, and Van Prant got all those reps with the first team, uh, you know, 27 practices almost, and, and Erickson was on the side, and uh, th that really gave him a lot of uh, experience going against Jordan Davis, Vontae White, all that. So he was ready when fall camp ended to go play against Clemson because he had had all that uh, practice. Even though he's a freshman, he, you know, he, he really got a lot of good reps there. And one thing you always tell your old line guy and your receiver guy, you don't want a second team guy just because he's playing right guard to step up to be the next right guard if the second team left tackle is better than him. So you move them around and get your best five out there like Daniel was alluding to. 
Yeah, I never thought I never realized that until you started telling us about it on this show. I thought, you know, the right guard goes down, the number two right guard goes in, the left tackle goes down, the number two left tackle goes in. And then you see a, a, a sixth guy. I'm like, wait, wasn't he a backup center? And he's out there at guard. And you're like, oh. But a lot of football became very clear when you explain. Yeah, it was a reasonable assumption. It was a reasonable thing. The system here is the fact you got a system in here where uh, you use a lot of zone blocking, which, you know, is basically an area, whether you're guard, center, or tackle, you're an area blocker. So, and we run a gap scheme where you block down. So, where, you know, if you, whatever position you are, you're gapping. We do a little bit of pulling now, guard and tackle pull, but not as much as some teams. But the biggest thing for our team to be able to go one position to the other is pass pro because there are some different uh, assignments. We run a lot of different pass protections. Coach, you said McClendon had gotten a look at center. Would he be potential of like emergency center if you needed him like on a road game or something? No, I think just just the standpoint, good, he could be, but – I think from the standpoint of Stacy Searles, our new line coach, comes in here, and he was trying to evaluate everybody, and you know said, "Hey, just go in there and take a few snaps in case, you know, I, I might need to move this guy here or move that guy there." I don't know how much he even did that. Just one of the days I was out there, he was just pre-practice. He was snapping. I never saw him take any reps under duress there where they're doing that, but uh, it was just a case probably seeing. It's not something you can just go out there like Roddy goes over to different restaurants and eats key lime pie very easily. You just can't snap the ball as another position. It's one of the hardest things to do in football is to snap a ball and then protect. Uh, you can snap the the, the uh, sh- short snap, uh, you know, is very difficult. But the, the, the long snap is a lot easier. I mean, you can teach – I mean, I could teach anybody on this event to snap the ball in the shotgun in about three minutes. Even if you can't walk and chew gum, it's the easiest thing to do. You just put your hand on there and flip it up in the air, and it comes back there. That's I'll, challenge what you, I'll challenge you to teach me that. Good luck. I believe I could do it. I mean, I've seen you uh, really move agility-wise to get in line for some food. Uh, you could probably <laughs> do it. Very true. Speaking of food, this is the uh... – uh, buffalo chicken sandwich is a new menu item here at Classic City Eats, and they're fried jalapenos. And, of course, I'm having a beer from Academy Bre- Brewing Company, the IQ IPA, which is one of their best beers ever. And we'll talk about them in just a second. But I did want to mention that you can get all this great food out here at Classic City Eats and their new hot sauces and such. Uh, again, came in yesterday. So you folks are seeing they have their normal rub. And then they have their hot rub that is brand new. Again, just came in yesterday, so I'll be uh, stealing some of those on the way out the door. They're kind of check my bags, but uh, we do have a. I'm gonna take a quick commercial break and talk about our friends at Dead Soxy. Um, they have a neat thing they're doing this weekend just for the Georgia fans. They're having a when I say it's a home run sale, it is literally a home run sale because what they're doing is when Georgia faces Texas A&M. For every home run over the three-game cycle, you know, three-game series, every time Georgia hits a home run, you'll get 10% off on an order of socks. So if they hit two home runs in the first game, 20% off. They hit two home runs in the second game, 40% off. Two home runs in the third game, 60% off. They're going to cap it out at 60. They're not going to pay you to uh, buy socks. You know, you're not going to get a – if Georgia hits 11 or 12, but up to 60% off. And then at the end of it, at the end of the three-game series – Go get those great UGA socks. 
you know, the color, the red and black socks, the uh, great styles, you know, that they made just for Georgia fans, you know, the, uh, uh, the logos and all that neat stuff that are on there. You really enjoy it. And then use uh, promo code UGA sports. Pretty easy to remember. Are you watching the UGA sports podcast? Yes. Are you familiar with UGA sports? Yes. Use that promo and Hey, you know, get uh, socks for yourself, get them for a coworker, get them for somebody in your family. Hell, get an early Father's Day gift, but get them at a huge discount and root on your Georgia baseball team to hit a bunch of home runs. The baseball team is doing fantastic. They were able to take a series this weekend, uh, despite having Cannon out. Hopefully he's back this week and will be uh, that uh, starting pitcher uh, the first game of that series. We'll keep up with Dash. Uh, Dash will let us know what's going on there, but keep up with him when you get a chance. And I also want to mention our friends at Europie. We're looking at all this food. Coach talks about me breaking in line. The only place I don't have to break in line or move fast is when I go to a Europie, especially on a Tuesday when they have double points. Could you just walk up, tell them what cr- uh, crust you want, what sauce you want, what cheese, uh, as many toppings as you want. They turn around, they pop that thing into the oven. You go get a drink, maybe an Academia IQ beer, uh, maybe whatever you want with those cool uh, Coke machines they have. By the time you go and sit down, uh, but once you've checked your email on your phone or watch a TikTok video or two, all of a sudden, they walk up and they hand you this piping hot, fantastic pizza. Nothing like it in the world. It's the best pizza you'll ever have, and it's customized exactly the way you want it, and you don't have to hurry. They hurry. You don't have to, so I don't have to knock anybody down when I'm on my way to uh, grab a quick uh, pizza from our friends at Europe. So be sure to hit them up. Uh, there's tons of locations all over the southeast. Uh, there's probably one in your hometown or one where close to where you live. Um, go ahead and order your food on the app. You can just down the, uh, download the Europie app and get double points on a day like today on every Tuesday. And when you swing by, it'll be ready for you. So hit them up when you get a chance. Uh, we got a bunch Let's of questions. Some of our questions from uh, UGASports.com. Um, Hydrant Chaser be- begins it with uh, a sharing of a photo oh, of <laughs> Jim Donnan from his NC State days. And uh, coach, that's quite the uh, the head of hair you have in this photo. Yeah, I'm, I appreciate having Hydra Chaser uh, giving me that shot there because uh, that was a. I mean, come on, let's get that off right now. Oh, come on, that's a great. <laughs> it's a fantastic photo. Uh, hey, now we got to find some highlights. Twenty-one, twenty-one year old there, so uh, we, he must have. Check the archive. So let's go to something really saying here besides me. <laughs> From Cajun Dog, he says, after Jalen Carter, who are going to be the next impact players on the defensive line? Well, you know, I gave him a, an idea about some of those guys playing there. Uh, you know, inside you've got uh, Logan Stackhouse and uh, you got Ingram Dawkins. And uh, then uh, you got Brinson and – Williams over there on the ends, but I don't know that we got anybody that's even in his area code. There's not anybody in the country as good close to that guy. So, uh, but we got some big, thick guys in there that can uh, take on blockers. Should be pretty good against the run, but uh, nobody. Uh, we're hoping Bear Alexander comes along. He had shoulder surgery and has watched all spring, and some other guys will be coming. I think an impact player that uh, has the potential would be Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, coming in uh, as a freshman too. Just a big, strong kid. So uh, we will have some really good uh, 
inside players. I don't know that we'll have impactful type guys, though. General Manager Dane says that Jalen Carter would be a top five pick if he were eligible for this draft. What do you think about oh, that, Coach? You really go out on a limb, man. That was, that was a big, big call there. That's the first thing you've ever said that's really right. I mean, you're right. Hey, he's a he's a top five pick. He's a top five. You know, there's some general manager jobs open. I mean, I've tried to get you in on some of them. I've had a hard time, but uh, they just uh, yeah. My phone doesn't ring though. Well, we got to we got to get that's that. Smart. Hey guys, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Nate Long. Mike Getchel, who've come out to uh, uh, enjoy enjoy the show with us out here on the patio. Good job. Glad to see Nate over here from Marietta. That's great. Yeah, Nate's here. And uh, Mike's known me for a long time. He knows where the bodies are buried, so I'm pretty sure he's going to steal all my, my my chicken sandwich here. So I'm, you see I'm a little nervous because – I just want to tell you one thing that can happen day, after today that I've seen today. Vanderbilt can beat Alabama. Hang on, I'm going to have to switch from that Diet Coke to my beer. Go back this way. Give me that again, Coach. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt beat Alabama. Because Novak Djokovic just lost to a guy that's like 300 in the world. So anybody can win. I mean, it's the, the, the Vidovich Fokina just beat Novak Djokovic, which you would never think would ever happen. So Vandy got a chance against Bama. So you're telling me the Joker lost, so Bama can lose too. Those odds would be worse for Vandy. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I don't think Vandy can do it, but I never thought this guy. I mean, he lost on his own court there. Monte Carlo uh, got his pants pulled down right there. I mean, people don't want to hear about tennis, but I will tell you about tennis. It's important. Two weeks from now, we're going to have the SEC tournament here at Athens, and a lot of fans could come out and have a good time. Should be good weather. We got to get Florida out of there. Florida's number one in the country. Uh, we'll be the number one seed in the tournament, and we got to go out there and hoot them off and try to get them out. But uh, <laughs> our team's had a good year, but you know we're close, and women are doing good too. Right. Snipers, coach. The answer is snipers. Right. Get out there, and- <laughs> coach. You. You say that no one wants to talk tennis, but Bucket3075 on the Dogman said, Coach, how's your tennis game? We could use another player for our USTA team. What town's he in? I don't he didn't tra- say. I don't travel. <laughs> <laughs> I, you mean Home games me, only. Send me a driver. Uh, I, you got to send a limo for me if you want me to play on your team, but uh, – I'm 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 out of I'm in the fourth quarter on that. I don't play uh please play I don't play in any leagues anymore. Thanks for asking though. <laughs> Let's go to a question from, from Coastal VA Dog. He said, uh, are you still doing a show with Daniel Jeremiah to talk NFL draft? I always enjoy that one. And then he says, Can you tell me how the new coaches are fitting in? Well, Daniel Jeremiah is working to say in his schedule. You can, you got to imagine if you watch NFL Network every night, he's got two or three shows a day that he and uh, Bucky are doing to talk about the draft. So it's not in the great scheme of things for him to do the UGA sports. But he promised me before the draft that he's going to do that. And uh, I, I feel like we've got 28 to 28s of the draft. So we got – you know, it's 15, 16 more days. He'll work us in, and we'll talk about UGA's draft choices, and that'll be good. And 
What was the other thing? How are the new coaches fitting in? Oh, I think uh, it's not my job to, to talk about that. That would be Kirby. But uh, from what I've seen and what I've heard, what, reading about recruiting and everything, I think they're doing really good stepping up and and, and doing, you know, uh, giving us some new inroads up in New, New York, New Jersey with uh, our new secondary coach, Coach Brown, and then uh, our new linebacker coach, outside linebacker, very – he gets after it, and Searles we know about, and BMAC we know about in the past. I think they've blended in pretty well with the staff. I mean, to me, uh, that's part of uh, being a coach is welcoming the new guys and make them feel good and work with them. And uh, it's always tough when you lose guys, but there's always that chance for new stuff to come in and, and work with them. So I, I really don't think that I can say very – definitively how they've worked in because I haven't gone over there and watched them. But uh, I I would just say this for Kirby smart to hire you. That's a pretty good indicator that you're a very capable coach and he's got a good track record of putting coaches out. And so I feel confident these guys are going to be good. I would say this to touch on what Coach said about the recruiting aspect of those guys. You know, Coach B Max a strong recruiter. Uh, Stacy Cereals has a, a 19 offensive lineman to work with. If you can't make a great line out of that, then he'll probably quit because he, he knows he's got it made with all those guys to work with. But when we, t- we had a ton of recruiting updates at UGASports.com, and a lot of those guys in the secondary, a lot of those guys, as Coach mentioned, up in the uh, Northeast talking about Fran Brown. Uh, these kids very much like him. You know, we've heard good things about the guys that have come to watch a practice and they rave about Fran Brown. But I tell you that uh, uh, Coach Uzo Adiribe, uh, Chidera Uzo Adiribe, it's going to take me a long time to get used to saying that. But, boy, they the kids rave about him too. So uh, kind of guys that – there's two guys that Georgia fans were unfamiliar with, you know, when they hired – when uh, Kirby hired Fran Brown and uh, Chidera. Uh the early reviews from the recruiting side has been fantastic. And you know that Kirby's not going to hire a bad recruiter. So at least you can check, uh, mark that off the checkbox. And then the kids who go and see them coach in practices have come back speaking very, very highly of their tip, you know, their techniques and the way they run practice. So uh, you're a much better coach when you can recruit well. <laughs> I would say this too, that we, we mentioned on a couple of shows back and just for people that missed that, this is really the first spring in two years where you've had a chance to get kids on your campus and uh, work them uh, from the standpoint of uh, have them come in, go through the recruiting process, meet the academic people. These are unofficial visits, but, you know, put the uniform on, uh, go down to the stadium, do all of And the thing that Fran brings to the table, he's bringing kids in from the Northeast that have no comparison to what facilities are like with ours. I mean, nothing against Rutgers or Boston College or uh, or Syracuse or anything like that, but they come down here to the Taj Mahal of all facilities, and then they see the national champion uh, try there and get their picture made. That's a tremendous impact on a young player that really wants to go to the league, and he sees he got Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp with their background of coaching secondary guys and now Fran with his contacts in the coaching world up there where these guys have confidence in him. He knows those high school coaches. Well, that, that's a good menu for success from, from my standpoint. 
from Boost Ascendum, what are the odds that the younger defensive rotations this season will match the performance of the championship unit last season? I would say they're not going to be as good because you had so much depth. I don't know that we will maybe uh, rotate quite as much. We could. just depends. But uh, hopefully they won't be on the field as much because I think our offense is going to really be ball control, a lot of big plays, but very explosive. And uh, hopefully we can play a lot of nickel and dime where people are trying to catch up with us. We're ahead. So we'll see how that works out. But, you know, we got a guy there, Trayvon Walker, that – Everybody keeps talking about jumping up in the draft, top 10, top five, all that. He played less than 50% of the snaps, left, I think, didn't he? Uh, if you look at all the times he wasn't on the field, uh, uh, you know, but it's just a, a, and Jordan Davis maybe for sure didn't. So uh, we he only played like 35% of the snaps. The guy that made that question there was a very uh, good question because we did rotate a lot, but. I feel like our defense will be really good next year. You can really run. You got a premier guy, Keely Ringo, that's going to have a hard time anybody throwing on him. And uh, these other corners are coming along. Pass rush should be really good. You know, Nolan Smith and Bill and those guys can can get off the edge. I think this team's got star power all over it. I want to correct your uh, uh, pronunciation there, Dane. That's <laughs> boost. Awesome damn. And uh, he told me the story of how that, that came around. And it's, His name's uh, Boost, Boost Awesome Dam. Boost Awesome, like busting your ass on a dam. That's how. That's basically how it comes to be. <laughs> so, uh, that's and good. I think he did that in Amsterdam, which is why he's named Boost Amsterdam. <laughs> so, he, he's a Dutchman. <laughs> I know he's a big Georgia fan, but I think uh, he may have been in Amsterdam having, a, having some fun over there. But I, I've spoken to that uh, young man once before, and uh, – I'm glad he dropped in a question. He's been a longtime supporter of UGA Sports, and we really appreciate our uh, last 20, 20 plus that. years, unlike got Mike Getchell. Got that in France and everything. Let's go. Hey, I do want to mention, uh, uh, Dane, before you get to some of the other questions, uh, I want to mention a good thing that happened. I was scrolling through Facebook because, you know, I do that instead of actually working, and I saw that our friends at Academy Brewing Company, they had a huge week. Um, at the 2022 New York International Beer Competition, they had tons of, uh, they had 700 different uh, uh, submissions from all these beers all over the place. And they won the Georgia Brewery of the Year. They won a double gold medal for the Dom. The Dom is a fantastic beer. You got to go out and try that one. It's one of my favorites. They won three other medals for uh, Kevin's Tears, uh, Where's Beardo, and the Peanut Butter Brown. So, uh, if you want to swing up by our friends at Academy Brewing Company, again, this is the uh, New York International Beer Competition. They are the Georgia Brewery of the Year. And if you know how many breweries have popped up uh, in the last five, ten years, you know that that is a huge, huge uh, win for them to take away a first place with their, uh, I mean, a, a double gold for medal for the, the, the DOM, as they call it, the D-O-M. Try the DOM. That is huge. And to win uh, so many awards for their other beers. That just tells you what I've been telling you, that they are a fantastic place to get a great beer, fantastic place to eat. And, uh, I, again, that's blind taste tests prove it. So I haven't – I mean, I'm not, I don't just rave about him because, you know, Matt Casey's a Georgia alum who created a great place. You know, um, he has become a friend of mine, but I didn't know him when we first started. 
So point being, that is a great place to go out and have a beer, to watch the games, to um, have good, great food. So do that when you get a chance. And I also want to mention our friends over at Athens Ford, because if you're uh, over at Academia, you are very close to Athens Ford. You need to um, swing by there and check them out. I went out there to have my oil changed the other day. Uh, they found some stuff that was going on with my brakes. And I, I did not catch that. And it wasn't one of those things like, hey, you're here for uh, oil change. Let's hit you with the brakes. They took me out there and showed me what was going on with my front brakes. I'm like, oh, okay. Glad you guys caught that because I wasn't paying attention as I normally don't. So those guys are taking care of me and my family, and they will do that when you need any type of service up there. The Athens Ford folks do have a ton of vehicles on the lot, which is more than a lot of people can say. So when you get a chance, swing by Athens Ford for not only a new vehicle with a lifetime powertrain warranty, but any type of service you need. If you need uh, uh, anything done on your vehicle, just or any sort of maintenance, you know, oil change, tire rotation, new tires, brakes, stuff like that, let them do it. It's a fantastic uh, waiting area. You go in, lightning fast Wi-Fi, Starbucks coffee, free drinks, free snacks, uh, comfortable couches, a, a great place to go sit and uh, actually do your work while they work on your car, or you can just leave it with them. So uh, when you get a chance, check out our friends at Athens Ford. They will take great care of you, as they did with me, um, and caught some stuff that I needed to, that I should have been paying attention to. So uh, shout out to our friends at Athens Ford. And check out those Broncos while you're out there. Those are badass. Roddy, you connected, uh, corrected my pronunciation, which you should have done again just now. Is it uh, Ryan or Rion or Ryan Davis? How do you say his name? Trouble, Trouble. Davis. Trouble. Just we'll call him Trouble. Trouble. Yeah. All right, we'll do that for this question. Coach, both – this is uh, from Big Dog. Both highly touted linebackers, Trouble Davis and Tresman Marshall, have been with the team for a number of seasons with little on-field contributions due to injuries. Do you believe that either or both will be starters this fall, assuming they're healthy? Well, he hit the nail on the head. Unfortunately, both these guys have had injuries. One of them came in with a shoulder injury. I'm not sure if it was Marshall or uh, – I'm not sure which one it was. But uh, I think the, the biggest thing for them is just the fact that uh, they've got to be healthy and get out there. Uh, we mentioned Sori and Munden and uh, Pops and uh, Walker out there. Uh, they're going to have a hard time cracking the first team, though, in my opinion, at this point. But maybe help us on special teams and, and get some reps and kind of do like Shannon Tindall did, you know, uh, pay your dues, get your, get your shot, and then finally get in there because both of them can run. This question from Jason G17. It seems that many of the offensive linemen project at Garden College. Who does coach think is going to be focused at the tackle spots? With Mims now gone, could we potentially lose both of our starting tackles? We could potentially lose both of our starting tackles after this season, as Roddy gets a a, a nice air horn there. See, it's one of my people listening to the show. They knows where knows where we're at. Uh, so he's worried. He's wondering if we if we could lose both these tackles to uh, coming out early, like uh, we did with Thomas and uh, uh, the big guy from New York. Uh, yeah, you know, I I don't know. Uh, they're both capable uh, and they're very good, and they could come out. But we got some good guys waiting in the wing. I, I mentioned Ernest Green, really good looking young tackle from uh, California. I uh, mean he. He's another guy that's benefited from uh, some guys being out. You know, the fact that Mims was out, he was able to come in there. And, you know, he's gotten a lot of reps playing left tackle uh, behind uh, Roderick Jones and jumping in there some when Jones is, you know, you get you let guys see how they do when they play with better players. So he, he's going to help us uh, right off the bat as far as depth. Uh, but 
you never know who to project uh, where the guy's going to come out or not. But I think both of them could. If they do, we still got trust. We, you know, uh, we got uh, a lot of good players that uh, moving up. That's what happens when you got a good program. Guys are waiting in line. Bulldog Ben asks, does George's leading receiver or leading rusher have more yards this season? Ooh, have more yards than which one's going to have the most rushing? or this, Don't make it too hard. Who will have more yards, the leading receiver George, or the leading rusher? George Foreman, true or false questions. Uh, uh, say that again now one more time. More yards, the leading wide receiver or the leading – rushing running back Ooh, uh that's a great question it's just hard to project because uh, we we split these guys so much i would say that the running back position will have more yards than uh than the top two running backs will have more yards than the top two receivers probably wide receivers now tight ends <laughs> uh that's a different story now that we could have we could really be strong there with those three guys. And and you had Cedar and Delpin there too. So uh, I can't answer that very vividly right now until I see fall camp. That's too hard for me to project. But I will say this. We will be among the more efficient offensive teams that I've seen around here lately. I mean, I think we'll be really good. Play action should be unreal you got a quarterback that can get you in the right protections he can run the rpos he can avoid the rush he can throw the deep ball he can throw the deep crossing route he's unbelievable touch on the on the uh, angle routes to to bowers and the seams and things like that i mean he'll be licking his chops with our running game the way we can set up the play action it'll be it'll be ugly against some of these teams how bad we'll dissect their secondaries that actually reminds me of a question that we got last week that I didn't touch on from UGA alum 95. And I'll ask the uh, peanut gallery out here on the patio. All right, guys. He wants to know who is uh, Georgia's second best res- receiver behind Terrence Edwards. Coach, we'll get your way in on that. But uh, historically, who is Georgia's number two all-time wide receiver? He fars. He did, that was just a question. Number two uh, after – basically, Terrence Edwards is your number one uh, receiver in Georgia history. Who's number two? Is that stats or is that who he thinks? Just who you think, number two. A.J. Green. Well, I'd say going to be A.J. Green or Pickens. I, I think one of those two. We, the, the folks here think it's say A.J. Green, and then we got a couple uh, Hastings. Uh, Hastings is good. Nice for Hastings as well. Heinz Ward, not bad. See, I – I'm a big Heinz Ward guy. <laughs> Just for I want a guy who could do it all. You know, I'm like, give me him. You know, <laughs> hell, I love Chris Conley. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just thinking if I if you have to pick a guy, yeah, AJ Green number two. But God, give me Heinz Ward for just in case I want to run it or have him step in and play quarterback <laughs> or cornerback. I, I can tell you this that I've had more queries about George Pickens from my pro contacts than I've had about a lot of guys over the last five or six years. I mean, he wow. has piqued their interest, that's for sure. I can see him going a little bit than maybe people could. You know, he just projected a little lower because of his knee. But uh, but I know this. 
if you were walking out of a bar and somebody's getting ready to get after your ass, you'd want Heinz Ward beside you. Yes, I do want Heinz Ward beside uh, I want him beside me all the time. As a, he he's, a, he's, a te- he's a fighter for his team. He would. He could do that. From P-Tech 1, can we get some clarification on the scholarship numbers? Are we going to keep 92 this year? Well, I, I have done a poor job on that uh, addition and subtraction. <laughs> they made this rule that you could take seven extra scholarships because of Everybody wants to stay at 85, okay? You want to be at 85. That's the rule. You know, over the years, you take 25 a year, but you can't ever go over 85. But what they thought with COVID, with all the people and everybody leaving, then if you just sign 25 and you lose 12 or 14 to the to the portal, you're going to have a hard time staying at 85. So they made the one-time deal back in uh, October that you could take seven extra if you lose seven. So if you lose seven to the portal, I'm not talking about graduation or anything, but we've lost more than seven, so we can do it. So we can sign 32, but we still have to be at 85. So Yeah, I was confused on that. And I screwed that up. I thought we could be at 92. I was hoping they'd be they'd help us out, but we got to be at 85. So, yeah, there will, right now I think Georgia is at 89 scholarships, if my numbers are correct. So expect a few more yeah. guys to hit the portal. And you, hopefully we'll give Jackson a scholarship. Yeah, so Dan Jackson definitely needs one. He is not on scholarship yet, and uh, that's definitely a guy who needs one. So I'm with you there. From Big Dog 2, hey, Coach, who is your pick for breakout offensive and defensive players this season? And also, when are you coming back to the Macon Touchdown Club? Who's that from? That is from Big Dog 2. Well, big dog, they got to ask you before you can come. Uh, they've got all these other people that they get, you know, like Paul Johnson and people like that. Uh, I just said that for, but uh, still throwing shit. I always enjoy going down there and seeing those guys, Bill Shanks, all those guys. It's fun, but uh, but one of these days I'll come back. But uh, I noticed Kirby was back there again for the uh, when they have all the. Uh, the players they give the players of the year and all that. He 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 likes to go down there, and fortunately, a lot of our guys win those awards. Uh, I'm talking about high school players that are coming in here. But uh, as far as breakout players of the year for me, that's easy. Brock Bowers on offense, Jalen Carter on defense. Enough said. I hear Roddy already thinking. Well, they're already broken out. Yeah, I'm not saying a word. <laughs> Keep it to myself. <laughs> Well, I mean, boy, take the easy way out, Coach. Hell, that's. I mean, who else could you say? True. True. No, I'm telling you, hey, uh, when, from, you when you mentioned Pops earlier, uh, Pops, uh, uh, Dumas Johnson, that is a, that's a guy I think a lot of people are going to be very excited to see step into that role at an inside linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. The reason yeah. I say Jalen Carter is because he's kind of been in the shadows with, with Davis and. <laughs> And those and uh, Devontae Wide and, and you got Nicobe Dean, all those guys getting all those. He didn't even make all conference last year. Uh, Jalen Walker, all that, but this guy is a fa- fantastic player. And then Bowers, we, we saw what he did. We told you about him last spring. Uh, but I could see uh, several guys on offense having big years, particularly uh, both those backs, uh, any of those receivers. And then Gilbert uh, might just. 
you know, take some of Bauer's stuff and uh, as far as the, the catches and all. But uh, I'm telling you now, we talk about every year about this time about, hey, coach, which one of these guys make your mouth water and all that. I'm telling you right now, Gilbert, whether you call him like Roddy Arik or like I do Eric, or if you call him like Dane says, AG, he makes my mouth go like Niagara Falls. Just call him, sir. And don't call him late for dinner. And he's gotten a lot of reps this year and worked hard and worked his way back from a tough situation where a lot of people predicted he'd never play here. And and I feel very proud for the young man, the way he's worked to get back out of a difficult situation and uh, just a really unbelievable talent. I mean, some people saying they worry about him being out of shape. Maybe he is out of shape to be a wide receiver, which that was what he was going to do. But to be a tight end, I mean, 265, can run like a deer. Just, I mean, when you – hey, watch him Saturday in warm-ups. Get there, have a good time, go tailgate, have a few beers, be so sober, and go out there in warm-ups and watch that ball hit his hand and go – I mean, just every time he catches the ball, it's like – so uh, I can't really – describe the way he envelops the ball and then he just mashes people when he runs down the field. They'll probably hold him back and not let him do a lot because they want it to be fair out there. <laughs> From AADCO, is Georgia keeping up in the NIL game? You know, it's hard to know uh, from the standpoint who's getting what. You see some of these guys doing ads and everything and uh, – I don't think it's hurt us in recruiting it to this point, you know, the way we I'm not sure. Uh, I can't say that for a fact, but I know we work hard at it. Uh, uh, our coaches and all can't do anything as far as literally pointing the finger at what to do, but behind the scenes, there's a lot of people that try to help them that uh, are Georgia people. And, I don't, I don't hear of us being too bad of shape there. Let me tell you from the speaking with Matt at the Classic City Collective that Georgia may have been just a hair behind the A-ball, but this is Kirby's number one priority. And he, again, like as Coach said, they, George, the coaches cannot be involved. They can't set it up, but they can send the players, say, look, when you come here, you need to speak with X. You know, they'll take care of all that. This is who you talk to. So – you're not just sitting there waiting on a phone or a DM on Twitter, you know, if you're a top athlete. But uh, Matt and the folks at the Classic City Collective are, and Dan, you know them better than I do, they are going to be setting up something. For them to go hire Matt away, you know, he leaves Georgia's compliance, goes to work at Barstool. It's not there just before a short time. And Kirby's like, hey, we could use a guy with your insight. And if you speak with Matt for more than 15 minutes, you are going to know that Georgia's uh, NIL capabilities – are about to be through the roof, and that is coming together very fast. So, uh, again, I'm with Coach. I haven't seen it hurt any Georgia on the field anywhere yet in the recruiting trail yet, but it's about to be a major asset. So um, it's coming. We should have a story very soon at UJSports.com about the Classic City Collective, you know, and the other folks are working on it, but it is coming along quite well. Hey, and any car dealers out there want to uh, lease a car or have somebody rep you, uh, these players are available. I mean, yeah. they, that's that's what a lot of teams are doing. Ole Miss, for sure, 
uh, just about everybody in their transfer portal, from what I've understood, part of their enticement was that they would get a car deal coming in. So uh, it wasn't necessarily set up through the coach, which you can't do that. Can't do that. But but you Freeze did it all for him. He helped him on the side. There you go. <laughs> a couple non-Georgia questions uh, from Kirby's Pleats. I'd like to know if Coach Donnan has any thoughts on how Brent Venables is doing at Oklahoma. You know, from all uh, the reports I get from out there, uh, the first thing he brought that weight coach back in that they hired away from Stoops that went to A&M, and that's been really beneficial to him. Uh, strength and conditioning, just, they, they feel like they've really enhanced that. And they've got, uh, you know, the quarterback transferred in from uh, UCF that played for the new coordinator when he was there. Uh, so uh, they lost some massive guys to the portal, though, and lost some guys to graduation. Uh, some people don't have them in the top 15, but, uh, you know, Brent knows the, ro- the ropes out there. He coached a long time with Stoops. Uh, hard not to win at Oklahoma. you got to really try hard not to win there. I mean, you got to be really uh, poor coach. And not many guys have ever lost there. You know, Howard Snellenberger lost and uh, uh, John Blake did, but uh, Bud Wilkinson, Fairbanks, Switzer, I mean, through the years, Bob Stoops, I mean, you can win big at Oklahoma. From Joe Royfendog, said he heard you talk about your round at Augusta National. What was your low score at Augusta National, and do you have any special moments or funny stories from your rounds there? Yeah, I'm not going to go into my score because it might hurt my handicap. Uh, I haven't played golf in six years since my wife got sick. I stopped playing. It's hard to do, but I was never that good compared to my tennis, but uh, as far as funny stories, uh, we had this guy up in, North, up in uh, Marshall that Steve Fox was just an amateur champ of, uh, of West Virginia and just a great jock sniffer. I mean, he loved all kinds of stuff. And he, uh, you know, played in the, in the U.S. amateur. I mean, he knew more about golf than us than we know about football and uh so uh billy payne set it up my first year to go down there and we stayed in the butler cabin and did all this stuff so uh you know it's a week before the masters i think and so uh telephone was there i'm sitting in the butler cabin <laughs> i call steve fox and just shooting the breeze and you know how somebody will say to you, well, what's going on? And so I said, oh, I'm not doing much. And he said, well, what, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm sitting here in the butler cabin. And you thought you hear some silence, man. This <laughs> That's I, said, cool. I just played 36 today. We're playing 36 tomorrow. And this guy dead silent. So I busted Steve pretty good there. <laughs> that is cruel and unusual, Coach. Yeah. Uh, this this may be a difficult spot uh, for for comedians, but Jr. Scar eighty six says, "I'd love to hear a new joke from Coach Donnan. It's been a while. It's been about twenty years since I had a new one. That's for sure. <laughs> that's why he said that. I mean, good gracious. I mean, uh, I haven't really thought about too many jokes." I mean, I thought of my intro today. I had some good stuff there. I mean, I was ready. Uh, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't had. To, I didn't tell that joke about the 
O'Brien twins there, uh, you know, in St. Savvy's. Maybe by the end of the show, I'll think. What time is it? We're getting close well, to no, the end. Well, no, this is the end of the show. We, You're we, pretty much at the end. But, but what we can do. I'll do some research for, for uh, what was his name? Uh, that was J.R. Scar. J.R. Scar. Okay, I like that that little moniker by him. and uh, That's good. But I, I hope everybody would just come out to G-Day, my last statement of the day, is come out there and think about everything that's good about Georgia. Just won a national championship. You got some really – Oh, coach. May have had an internet blip. He was saying, think about the good things at Georgia. They won a national title. Yeah. What else would a coach say? Stronger than Aunt Mary's breath? <laughs> He's got a good point, when, especially when it's uh, you're about to go see your defending national champions take the field again. So uh, you haven't had a chance. I mean, you got to see them walk out uh, and sit in the stands when they had the national championship celebration. But this is the first chance you've got to see your guys since they won the title up in Indianapolis. Come out Saturday, watch them all, uh, watch the new guys. A lot of great. Hey, keep an eye on uh, Dalen Everett. I'm telling you, that kid's going to be a star. Um, a bunch of new players out there, 19 early enrollees. Of course, a few had uh, uh, surgery, but you're going to get to see a lot of new faces and a new team. This is a team that is uh, working to win back-to-back national titles, and that all starts this Saturday. So be sure to check uh, out what you got coming. Besides, it's uh, your last chance to watch Georgia football for months. You know, it'll be uh, – yeah. you got to go all summer before you get a chance to see them again. So. You guys cut me off for some reason. I got cut off. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> You but got I your would, clocks up to one o'clock, and you. you I, would, I would. I would say this though: hard to play against yourself. I yeah. mean, when you think about, it, you've got to put two teams out there, so there's going to be a lot of walk-ons out there that you get fired up about, and that's a great thrill for those guys to go in and play in the spring. But don't get too jacked up about what we don't have, because it's hard to put two full teams and have them really strong offense, defense, kicking game. And, and be what you need. So uh, we'll probably separate them and separate the coaches and all. But just remember that that whole team is going to be one team and they're not playing against each other. So uh, very difficult. And you don't have the advantage of having a lot of your freshmen here, although we got 19 of them. But uh, I think people will be really encouraged by the athleticism out there, by the, by the skill level that we have. And by the competitiveness. These guys work hard and uh, they deserve a big crowd. I hope, what are they saying the projection is there? I haven't heard of projection. I really haven't. Um, I'd hope you'd have 93,000 for just like Kirby did in his, uh, was his first or second year and invited everybody to come to the spring game. And that made, when you signed that 2018 class, a lot of those guys that, you know, those eight five stars that you got, and that class that gave you a title basically kept pointing back to 93K Day saying, look, if they can get 92,000 people to show up for a spring right. game, I'm going to go there and play football. Those guys came in and won you a title. So, uh, Hopefully come, that's what will happen. Yeah, so this would be a good time to do it. You know, NIL is cool, but when you show them that you can have that much excitement about your program, then that makes a huge impact on the recruits, and Georgia's going to have a lot of recruits in the stands come this Saturday. All right, folks, um, Coach nailed it. Come out Saturday. We will be here next Tuesday at noon to talk about what we saw at G-Day, to break it down, 
And I think it makes a good point not to get overly excited or overly down on your team. You know, you can get excited. You know, remember last year, A.D. Mitchell came on, and that was a preview for what was coming. But for every A.D. Mitchell, there's a Jonathan Rumpf who blows up in the spring game, and you never really hear from him again. So, Oh, Mr. Prophet of Doom, man. <laughs> I'm just saying next Tuesday, <laughs> we will tell you who had a great day and what that bodes for the future, whether or not that was just a spring game blip. So be sure to tune in next Tuesday. Uh, shout out to our uh, spot, uh, podcast sponsors, Athens Ford, Academia Brewing Company, Your Pie, and Dead Soxie. Remember the Dead Soxie home run promo, 10% off for every home run they hit, up to 60%. And come out uh, here to, after you know, either before the game or after, come out here to Classic City Eats. Try that new barbecue, uh, the uh, hot buffalo chicken sandwich. Try their new sauces. Try the uh, great food out here. You will absolutely love it. And we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Take care.